better way to start out pop culture, my quarks bar, my ruminations on pop culture and what's going on and just general shenanigans. I hope to use this as a means to not in- just introduce the Quarks Bar popular culture segment of the podcast, but also anytime I have any shorts. I find this music to be uplifting, and I hope you find it uplifting. Join me on my journey of words and self-discovery. And thank you for listening. Evidently, I had recorded my synopsis of Take My Hand uh, last week sometime, but I had all this extra stuff that I wanted to also record, um, and I had published previously, um, and let me see, I want to make sure that I didn't do something crazy like re-synopsis or I have my books confused because I've been really, um, I got sidetracked, but I really want to discuss, uh, by the book by Jasmine Gullery, as well as, uh, my reduction on P Valley. And I'm not sure if I actually, if that's what I actually recorded, but we'll see, because I was on a terror this morning. I wonder, hopefully, I didn't um, re-record what I already recorded. I just didn't post um, Take My Hand. But let me check it out, and I'll get back to y'all. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Quark's Bar, uh, the premium content for Tim Froa's reading. Um, this week is a short week f- for my day job because we're just coming off of the Juneteenth um, holiday. Um, I did a extra special episode, um, which got posted on Sunday, um, and I hope you enjoy it. I had the opportunity to look up and read the Emancipation Proclamation um, and comment on it. I don't think I've ever read it all the way through, um, as well as um, the lyrics to lift every voice and sing It was based on a poem by Weldon, beautiful, and it speaks to the heart of why we have to have a separate black anthem in this country. Um, It all goes back to uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, the 14th Amendment and our freedom and how nobody and Jim Crow um, and how people would prefer to just us not exist. it's in a lot of ways very disappointing um and most in other ways it just uh also speaks to the hypocrisy and the duality in this country um and how people like me we continue to create because if we can't fit in one way we create a world or we create our own existence. That's why there's like this duality. There's uh, Black Wall Street and it got destroyed. So now they're rebuilding it. Um, It's Black Twitter. Um, They tried to ban us from that platform, but we create our own 
subculture within a culture. And we get cultural uh, misappropriation all the time and we still just keep being, we still keep creating, we still, um, as much as we can, we still try to create our own existence. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, A duality of my existence is doing what I can to excel within a corporate structure, even though I know that corporate structure is not made for me. And then using my free time and being very protective of my free time and my thoughts, because that's where I am truly free. When I'm allowed, when I'm left alone and I'm allowed to create and you don't try to box me in or you don't try to encroach on my free time, that's why I don't, you're not going to have any problems with me. If you just allow me to do my job and do, do it elect, um, with excellence and you don't come up with some petty BS that may, has nothing to do with my ability to do the job, then we're going to be fine. But I think a lot of minorities and people like me within any existence, they know and they struggle with this on a daily. It's why some creatives have walked away from perfectly good jobs because people keep trying to box them in or they keep trying to not allow them just to be. And I think if we were allowed just to be, we could fit in, we would continue to create, we would do these things if you would just let us be creative. And I get it. You're going to maximize what I do on the time that you pay me. But other than that, you need to go sit down somewhere because I ain't got time for that. For real. But when I maximize my creativity and I also realize there's several realizations I've also come up with when I'm at my most creative is when I'm well rested and I'm not in pain and I'm not hangry. Um, for a while now, and I, it's even traced back to the start of the pandemic, I've had some really have had difficulty with sleep and it's become more um, horrible since um, the death of my father, unexpected death. But this past week, I've made a concerted effort to clean up my sleep hygiene Um, and I've had to take non-addictive sleep aids and the results are amazing. I think I'm more rested if I get consistent and uninterrupted sleep and the Benadryl component, if you actually have allergies, like I know I have, it works. The problem is that hungover feeling. Um, It just takes you a minute to get over that. But every time you close your eyes, if you go into REM, you are going to, it's um, an added benefit. Also, 
if you then completely turn off the TV um, in the morning and just listen to books on tape um, or something else besides the news, you will, you will, you actually will want to create. You want to think about things. Um, that uninterrupted sleep, and if you could get in a position where you don't have have a good enough mattress, that's why I'm thinking I may have to switch out my mattress to support um, your posture and your back, as well as I also have issues with my knees. I find that I'm not in as much pain. I'm able to not have to start sidestep down the stairs. I actually descend the stairs like a regular person and people with bad knees will know what that looks like. Um, and you just want to and you have time to uh, post a podcast, update your podcast, record like I'm recording right now, simply because you feel up to it. Um, and a lot of things that would absolutely bother you really don't uh, bother you because you just say, you know, I could get upset about this, but don't really care. And you just keep it pushing and you end up doing above and beyond what you would ordinarily do because you don't you don't absolutely um, care or you care, but you just continue to do the job and you do it efficiently and you make the decisions they hired you to do because you know you're on their dime only certain parts of the day and whatever you do with your time is on you. And I say all of this to say it as a lead in to um, Tifro is reading, I am always looking, uh, listening to other podcasts to get ideas about my own. I'm very grateful to the thousands of uh, great podcasts that are out there. I listen, I subscribe to maybe about 10. 10. Um, one of my most favorite pop culture one is The Read, which is not um, produced um, any new episodes in the last two, almost three weeks now because of a psychiatric uh, crisis of one of the hosts. Um, my heart and mind and thoughts are for the speedy recovery and stability of um, Kid Fury and uh, his friend, oops, his friend um, and host, fellow host, um, Crystal. Um, I hope you get well soon and we are blessed with and more pop culture and common and funny commentary uh, from that dynamic duo. Um, I listen, I read, I read the news when I can sit down long enough because my ADD is off the charts, but I also watch a lot of reality TV uh, and make comments on shows like 90 Day Fiance, which I hate watch every Sunday. And one of my favorite shows that I have watched and rewatched and rewatched is 
the ground breaking show on stars p valley um i did look up on spotify there is most tv all these streaming shows services a lot of the shows have their own um follow-up podcast kind of like um, the after show for Star Trek. Well, this particular show is, I don't know if Joy is sponsored uh, by the network. And I'm not sure if she should be because as I was listening to her, I signed her voice to be a bit annoying. It's, it's obvious that she's African-American, but it's also, it's so Valley Girl affected that it kind of grates on the nerves so and I only listened I went back to the very first episode that's on Spotify um, if you can stand her voice then try to give it a listen but if not you could just listen to my commentary um, this is full of this um, episode or this commentary is basically full of spoilers uh, for this week's episode and also just commenting on, continue to comment on last week. The first couple of episodes, first episode I was down with. The second episode when um, Mercedes fell and bust her behind to me was, it was traumatic to me because I didn't want her to get hurt. But this is the follow up. It's called The Dirty Dozen. It's Keyshawn and Lil Murder embark on their new adventure. Um, they are posing as the prince and princess of trap and the pole. Um, and they're on the road. And I honestly think that the not so richy rich boyfriend is going to show up and wreck it all because he wants to keep her as his personal dancer and, um, uh, Barbie doll, chocolate Barbie doll. Um, but they have to eat because he can't get a job. And I think he's going to take that out on her. Last week's episode was some hoodoo mess. This week's episode is, is everybody expanding their um, and going different routes to basically make that money. I saw, you'll see Uncle Clifford on the pole. You'll see uh, Mercedes hooking up with Coach again. And you'll see the color of Lil Murder's hair changing and he just gets more and more sexier. You'll see, oh, what's her name? The wonderful, she has a great mouth and her is just the African-American stripper. Um, with the sorceress white girl. <laughs> they remind me of X-Men or like superheroes with their theatrics. I mean, the first scene opens with this chick on in the paradise room performing fellatio for like a G. I can't. Wow. It's wow. And I, I don't know if it's her body double. It probably is. But these women have such amazing athleticism and their 
bodies are banging. It makes you play or hate. Almost makes me come want to come up off of ham hocks. But I am not. I just feel that I'm, again, so lucky um, to be able and to be allowed to experience how beautiful these women are and just be completely envious of their youth and um, their athleticism because I'm such a klutz. I mean, just realizing, oh, wow. I, ne- I don't think I was any ever, any ever that good to be able to have men give you thousands and thousands of dollars to do whatever you want to and they'd be cool with it because of the power and how pretty you are. And Mercedes has mastered it. And every single woman, and even Uncle Clifford, that dance at the pink. And also, I don't know, was her name Rochelle or whatever her name is? I don't know. She has the wrong color. I'm looking at this first scene and I just realized what the color of her headscarf is. And if she is going to be, if she's absolutely going to be involved with the war between the two rival um, gangs, because Little Murder Squad is one color and this other squad is another color. And I'm wondering if she's a part of that gang. And what is her end game? They always say, make the money and not let the money make you. So what is her end game? But I find the lack of information about her and the white girl to be really suspect. But I have a feeling that they're going to play a big part in the crescendo of violence that is a big part of most of these characters story arc. What also makes me very sad is how I think also something is going to happen to Mercedes daughter because the stepmother is wilding out. Um, She has a significant issue or problem with um, alcohol and she's becoming neglectful that the girl had to go, who's only 14 and doesn't have a license, drive to the grandmother's Patrice Woodbine's food bank to get some food because I don't know if she's just not working um, or what's happening. Also, Mercedes got her car back, her Trans Am, that yellow Trans Am back. It's not looking as shiny as it used to do back in the day because number one she got locked up and two she's taken a fall and they were right the last episode when they tried to approach to buy the pink um all these stores have closed down in the fictitious chuckalisa but that is the same storyline all over the south and all over the united states this is also giving me an idea This Dirty Dozens tour is touring in some of the blackest parts of the South. It's in um, Memphis and Little Rock and Louisiana, um, uh, Atlanta. 
and of course, fictitious Chakalisa. There's so many places in Montgomery, probably Birmingham. There's so many places in the South that we make up such a large proportion. And we have like this such subculture that nobody basically wants to talk about and everybody thinks it's shameful, but it is a part of the culture. And I was so happy when I saw Memphis Juke and the dancers up there, um, how the subculture parallels the culture and had to become a subculture because we were not accepted into the regular culture. And we're making bank we're on the, we're always on the struggle, but it's beautiful in its own right. I'm gonna put that fictitious um, Dirty South tour uh, map as a reminder of always being on your grind and always being creative. Also, <laughs> this girl is a trip. <laughs> I like Mercedes' daughter, but that's how why I think of what so many things I think about when I think about P-Valley. I'll probably comment on the show pretty much intermittently throughout my premium episodes or even on my main show, because this show is more than just about a bunch of black women shaking their ass. It is about the subculture and the acceptance the, you should not slut shame because I don't think any of them are, but some of them are because that black girl, she a trip. But people got to do what they got to do to survive. And what they think they can do to make it up, not only to survive, but to get out of um, the reality that is the struggle. Because being black and female is not, you're not safe. And I don't know how many stacks it would take to give you that safety, but people are willing to take the chance to make that money. Now for By the Book by Jasmine Guillory. I realized before the spell is completely broken by life, I need to get my comments down and out about this book. I have completely listened to the entire book and it's not my usual fare. It's a lot more romantic and therapy than what I'm used to um, listening to and reading. But after my last two books, this is definitely a lot lighter and it was so much funnier. The gist is, is Isabel is a publishing assistant and who is an aspiring writer who gets deployed to California to help an A-list kid get his memoir together. She's sabotaged by another junior editor who she takes her job uh, prior. This is Gavin, who basically, and even with microaggressions by her then boss, she's optimistic, starts out, and she uses this as an opportunity to basically curry favor with her most of the time disapproving boss. She finds there, she finds herself and then she finds love. It's remarkable because I didn't realize Bo um, is mixed. Um, his white screenwriter father who 
gets an Oscar and his black famous actress of a wife who basically was his ghostwriter for the entirety of her career, his career, and even the screenplay that won her him the Oscar, he couldn't even find it within himself to even thank her or his child. Bo wouldn't find out about this until a year after his father dies and he basically went off on his mother um, at the funeral. He then basically, he had cut himself off from her, goes back to, I believe it's her parents' house to basically get his thoughts together. And it's there that the broken, broken bow finds broken Izzy. And each other, with the help of each other, they basically heal themselves and each other. Um, he also tells her, he also, after he blows up at her, at Izzy, for basically pointing out that even though his writing is good, it could be more. And she basically would push him to do more and to give out more. But he, it would take him some time. Once he, it's like, he's like me. Once he got so gets over being mad for being criticized, he then starts to really write and to really create. He basically writes the real story about some abusive white dude career made by his more talented writer wife and he couldn't even thank her i mean as i said that before his son his hero worships him and it was like he was always an afterthought i wonder if he just assumed he deserved it with no effort from his from himself and his wife and son were just the supporting pawns in the story that was uh both father's life you can be really abusive and never laying a hand on someone. I, they did the This writer did not write anymore about the woman's success. If she had any success after they divorced and then definitely after he died, um, I would like to know what is the second, um, the second part of her life and his story arc. But what made Izzy and Bo's existence um, and why they grew so close together so fast is because they didn't have any real interruptions because they basically were on his Malibu estate chilling. And it was this bubble away from the cold New York and publishing scene. She begins to flourish. She with good sleep and good food and being around a fine man, I guess she was able to edit her book and rediscover her passion. She in her own right was talented. And when she wasn't having distraction of her boss and Gavin speaking nonsense in her ear, she thrived. They both thrive. They got to know each other without any distractions and they began to trust each other just by sitting in the t time in the TV room, surfing, swimming. He did turn in pages, um, not only catapulting his career as a writer, but making good on that several million dollar uh, book deal, but also catapulting her career because she would leave there with a job offer and expansion and an editor and her own book deal.
And it was so wild that both are writers, but they had difficulty putting their feelings into words. And it was more than just sex. They pushed each other. Their passions became realized in a very positive way. That's why I think I really liked the book itself. And it was just so cool to have someone finally proud of her and was interested in her uh, well-being. Um, she would learn that from Bo and then she would want that from her publishing job because I think she was a very a talented editor. It was obvious with all the work that Bo was able to do and complete his memoir, which still tripped me out. How can you be 29 year old and write a memoir? Who cares? But he had some crap happen in his life that if he formulated it in a right word, the story arc would be, you know, we like a big comeback story, even though they're like completely loaded. And he did it in a well-furnished, great library in a state um, in California. She also goes to a different imprint where I completely play a hate her guile because she gets first dibs at her most admired authors and she gets to edit them too. I like the book because Gavin gets got, her friend Priya gets promoted, Bo finishes her book, Izzy finishes her and then gets a new job and the fine man on top of that. How awesome is that? And if I can get to review and read or listen to more books with this character development and excitement and just pure, wonderful fiction, well-written, this will make my life. I'm living my best life when I get to listen to and read great books like this one. And this is also a setup for my next book, which is about uh, four Anglo-Nigerian women, Wahala. Um, I'm excited about listening to that arc about how these women's lives parallel and intertwine to also tell a great story. So join me in the next episode as I review and listen to and get your comments on that book. And again, as always, thank you for listening. I wanted to end my broadcast or this recording with just some fresh beats and as a reminder for us to be kind to ourselves, be kind to our minds, and keep creating. I mean, there's just so much horrible things and mean things going on in the world. And this is not goodbye. This is just until we meet again or until I record and drop another episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Check me out on social media. Timfro is reading on Instagram, TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter, and Timfro is reading the book club. I hope to get into a better state of mind as we recover as a nation from just the tragic happenstance of the last several weeks. And again, I admonish you to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. 
be the action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love others. And again, thank you for listening. Mike Beats.